Welcome to Discover Indie Film. I'm Jeff Howard, and I've got filmmaker Matt Cadenzano with me. Hey, Matt. Hey. Very we were on Zoom, and I think I said we were on Zoom the first podcast. Uh, yeah. Matt just did a nice, nice, high quality interview. That is the episode before this one. And what I didn't say is that there is a micro delay when you use Zoom. So some, I don't think Matt and I spoke over each other once during that interview. But sometimes you listen back to it, and with a micro delay, it turns out we do talk over each other slightly. So my apologies if there's sound quality or over talking, but I think there won't be. Yeah, I think we're okay. Yeah, we're both such gracious human beings that yeah. we never spoke over each other. I was counted to five after you spoke. That's great. Like, All that dead air will actually be perfect. Yeah, deafening silence. Let's do it right now. And then I would... Great podcasting to have. I could only let it go for two seconds, and then yeah, I had oh, to speak. It's so difficult for me not to talk. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unnatural. All right, so you, everyone listening should listen to the podcast before this one to learn all about Matt and his his career and his his the path that got him to Film Invasion Los Angeles, where his film Spirits won the Audience Award for Best Horror Short. And this podcast will be, and by the way, if you go to thehappyghostproductions.com, which will be a clickable link, you can check out everything Matt does because you're going to want to check out his shit because he's about to answer the four questions, which are the Discover Indie Film four questions are name three favorite films, name an underrated film, name an overrated film, and name a lesser known film that people should seek out. And when you hear what great taste he has, I mean, you know, he's, I didn't mention the Tarantino guy when you told me you worked at a video store when you were younger, but let's be honest, people who work at video stores have extensive film knowledge. Let's face it, you were probably watching so many great things and and not great things because you have the option to just bring films home every night. I had the record for most rentals at my store <laughs> by thousands. It was, you know, you could take three free home a night. I was like, I will take three free home i don't i won't necessarily get to all of them but like i'll take them um but yeah yeah you watch a lot of stuff and you get used to recommending things and i think that's uh, it, it helps with taste but it also helps with your ability to go like uh if i was going to recommend something to you i wouldn't recommend like just maybe my favorite thing i would kind of like find out what two movies you enjoy are and then give you a record you know so it's you, you start to figure stuff out it's nice i highly right recommend on. working Actually, at a video store f- <laughs> you know what's funny is i used to go on instagram and say name your favorite film and then I will tell you what film in the upcoming festival you'll like most. Yeah, see? That's lovely. Yeah. Lovely. All right, well, you want to answer uh, number one? Um, yes. Just name three films you love, three favorites. Three favorites. Um, the Goonies, Evil Dead 2, and Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Fantastic. Easy. Fantastic. Yeah. I By the way, I think, I think all three of those are... Besides being beloved films, great writing. Great writing. Great performances. Unbelievable performances. I, I saw The Goonies at a movie theater uh, like one time, like actually a few times, but like anytime I've been able to see it with like a crowd, you realize how incredible those kids are. Like there's so many jokes and funny faces and mugging and like it, it's just it's it's really well done. And you know, you, you see it a million times growing up or at home, but uh when you watch it with other people and you're like, you're all kind of clapping and laughing and it, it's, it, it really does hold up. Um, but yeah, those are my, and then evil Dead two best sequel of all time. Easily. 
She was Easily. big adventure, a perfect movie. Tim Burton had his like everybody firing all cylinders. Stuff that shouldn't work just does work. Still quotable PG. It's like it's just an incredible. Movie. Bill Hartman and Paul Rubin sat down and wrote the perfect film, the perfect just, comedy. My my family quotes that like there are just like there are line deliveries in that that are just like in I think everybody's DNA and you don't even realize it and it's 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 special. But I mean, you know, the in the screenplay uh, books that they, they put out and tell you like to read certain like, you know, everyone's supposed to read Thelma and Louise for its structure and this and that. Pee-wee's Big big Adventure, perfect structure. I bet I that that script should be used to teach screenwriting because every, it, the story just moves forward perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Just a boy in his bike. Just about a boy in his bike. A boy in his bike. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you handled you handled question one with a plum. Thank you. Now it was, uh, it was hard for me. I wanted to give. Uh, I wanted to be like the three G's: Gremlins, Goonies, Ghostbusters, um, uh, Strangers on a Train. Are we talking about old movies? Then uh, okay. Then uh, Twelve Angry Men. Certainly Twelve Angry Men. Uh, romantic. Oh, dramas, those are your favorite classics. Well, anything. because you worked at a video store, like I could have said, all right. Feel free to do uh, your favorite drama, whatever. We, we yeah, you have to do it by that, but we don't have time. But yes, but but you also balanced it right because you went with a pure comedy, uh, a funny kids thing, and then just like the best combo of horror and comedy ever, it, like Evil little... Dead Two. Is it not like? Yeah, there's a Venn diagram where that's in the center of those other two movies. You know, like it's a uh, you. Uh, I think my personality type, because the other one I was going to mention was Big Trouble in Little China. And I was like, I guess these are all the same. <laughs> these are all the certainly from the same. But this doesn't show a lot of like, uh, and I also really like, you know, but it, it's it's there. It's uh, I, I think that sums me up pretty good. I mean, uh, I'm going to do the old person comment, but it's almost like you were born a little late, though, because if you had been born in the 70s, early 70s, or I was born in the late 60s. But if you had been like, you would have loved the era when all that stuff came out the first time and they were in theaters. Because I think you probably caught them all on video, right? Yeah, but I think that's part of it is I caught them on video and watched them over and over and over again. So there's there's this other world where like a lot of the stuff I love is from around the same time. Um, and that's unbelievable stuff was made at that time. But there's also probably something to the idea that I came home from school and watched those movies over and over again. My favorite director is Joe Dante. I think he's the best. But also, like, you know, that's... I've watched The Burbs one billion times with my family. And if I had been there when it, uh, you know, if it, it had only been just a theatrical run that I saw at one time, that, that might not be the case. It's, it's being able to rediscover these things and watch them over and over that made them favorites. That is that is what I miss most about the video store era, was that when you would be looking at the spines of the VHS tapes trying to pick what to bring home. It was totally natural to bring home something you'd seen before and be like, I want to watch it again. Yeah. And we, because in the streaming era, we have 10 billion hours of, you know, 10 million titles thrown at us. You just never watch something over again because there's too much new shit. Yeah. I think quarantine was one of the few times that I found other people doing the same thing I was doing, which was like, I was having a very difficult time watching new stuff. Um, I needed the comfort watches. So like I watched the lost boys like 30 times, you know, like I, <laughs> but I was like, I had this entire queue of things that I like, I needed to get through, but I like, I couldn't, I just wanted to see the frog brothers fight vampires, you know, for sure. And, and we had at that, when quarantine started, I had a 12 slash 13 year old. So we 
re-binged Star Wars, re-binged Harry Potter, yep. re-binged all 21 MCU films, like yep, in, yep. in in chronological instead of order they came out. Yeah, in order, yep. uh, you know. Although, in, in all honesty, for her, it was just like, which Chris is more handsome? That's why she wanted to watch those. No, she's into the story. I shouldn't say it. Yeah. But that's, which Chris is more most handsome is actually a very frequent topic. It's fair, though. It is fair. It's fair for for a young young a young yeah. woman who finds men attractive to to. I'm sure. I'm sure the Chris has woke up many a uh, uh, pubescent girl's feelings. But yeah. anyway, that's probably not what I should say during your podcast. So here, you want to do question number two: a film that is underrated. Uh, yes, underrated. Psycho two. That's the one that Anthony Perkins directed, right? No, no, Mick. No. Oh, he did um, three or so? He, I know I at some point four. he directed one. Yes, I thought he did four, but... um. So Psycho 2. Oh, wait, that wasn't the one with Vince Vaughn? Uh, no, that's like the remake. That was like an actual... That's um, the remake, right? Where, the they re- remake. where they reshot it. Richard Franklin did Psycho 2. Oh. Um, but it was written by Tom Holland. Uh, Fright Night, Child's Play. Really. Oh. But, uh, Psycho 2 is uh, before we talked about legacy sequels before that became like just a thing that everybody talks about Psycho 2 came along Psycho 2 is Anthony Perkins his, his Norman is released he goes back to the motel he's just trying to live a normal life after what he'd been through and he can't tell if he's still hearing from mother if he's losing his mind if somebody's torturing him it is so well done and it has a lot of the suspense of Hitchcock but also with a lot of the um at that time, like 80s splatter. <laughs> so it's this perfect mix of the two. But uh, it's never mentioned, uh, or not mentioned enough, I don't think. Um, especially no, no, because sequels. I looked it up while you were speaking. And yeah, 1983. And yeah. 83 was the era of the slasher. Everything was slasher, slasher. And I bet the world was closed-minded to yeah. a quality film. Yeah. And Anthony Perkins is unbelievable. He's just like great in it. But it's also like it is a perfect continuation. I think sequels, especially legacy sequels, often betray what happened before for them to be able to tell like some new story. And Psycho 2 does not do that. It is it feels exactly like what would what would happen if Norman was was brought back into society and just tried to work as a fry cook. Mother Scratcher. I never saw it. Now I got now I'm very curious. You're going to love it. This is a great. I always love the first one. It's October. Classic. Yeah, it's October. You're going to love it. It's great. That and um, The Blob 1988. That remake is uh, one of the best remakes of all time. Ah, that was one of the ones that I watched over and over on VHS because yeah. in college. Also because of what? Shawnee Smith. I, I might have. Uh, I found yeah, her to Smith. be just the best lead ever in a, in a yeah. horror. It was, that was a fantastic remake. Frank Darabont. Chuck Russell directed it. It's like, it, it's just, it's so good. Um, but also one that I'm like. Man, people don't sing that. People talk about remix being bad. I'm always like, not the blob, baby. You know, that's the air. I remember I, I know what apartment I was living in that year. So that was the same era as Tremors. And Tremors got all the love. And the blob deserves a lot more. Yeah, a lot more. I'm with you. All right. Well, here comes question number three, which is a film that is overrated. I feel like 
that's almost an easy that's shooting fish in a barrel it's like anytime a lot of the award winners are always like end up being things that like then we all go like what was everybody taught like i've i've always felt that way about american beauty which i think is probably easy to say now especially but like even at the time i remember like being in high school and there was like the cool artsy kid in my high school loved like was obsessed with that movie when it came out and everybody was like he's so deep and that movie is so deep and like of course he loves it and i was like i think everybody's full of shit (laughs) this is something's wrong here yeah plastic bag it's blowing around i don't know the end is like a weird farce of like like austin powers-esque like uh like thinking he's like you know doing oral sex on him but he's really just like going up and down by like a coffee table it's like stuff that's like this shouldn't be this shouldn't work am i supposed to care that this adult man is like ooh, a high school student like it's all kind of bad um so that would be that's my, true. You bring up you bring up. It's funny because I do have fond memories of the film, yeah, from when it was first released. But I gotta admit, yes, uh, there's a couple great bits. But especially watching it in any lens of now, it is so much of the like. Oh my oh, god! Well, first so, of all, how so hard to be wealthy Spacey, and white? <laughs> Spacey got rightfully canceled. Yeah, yeah, the guy's gone. So now, like. <laughs> Being like he was great in it though you're like no 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 sh- no 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 we don't well, also and the fact that he is obsessed with yeah not an great. underage girl and that's not portrayed as a deficit no it's not you're rooting for it's it's all bad i think so that's an easy one for me to just go like hey you know it's overrated it it has an award and i don't think that it should you know the awards are of their time but yeah it was for sure. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Even though if someone else had said that's one of the best films ever, I'd be like, I'm with you. But yeah, for sure. For There's sure. another really quick one, but like it doesn't have any of the problematic stuff is I think The Hurt Locker is an unbelievably well-directed film by Catherine Bigelow. I wish it didn't win best screenplay against Inglorious Bastards, which is like a 6,000 page screenplay <laughs> of nothing but dense dialogue. And then probably a 15 page screenplay but unbelievably well-directed and tense and wonderfully acted. And like almost every part of it is wonderful. I just wish it didn't win best screenplay, um, which is probably unfair, but that, no, that's super fair. I'm with you a thousand percent. I mean, uh, not to accidentally stab your, your Massachusetts roots, but I think Goodwill hunting winning best screenplay was one of the worst Oscars I ever saw. Because well, that I can't, I can't legally agree. With you can't me. legally agree with me, right? But uh, yeah, so I do need this part even scrubbed because I need to be that I I disagreed. Um, those boys, those are they're geniuses. Best script ever. Best script ever. Best how do you like? Right. How do you like them apples? Best line in movie history. For sure. I mean, they invented that line. Yeah, it's on layaway. Oh my god, the movie's perfect. He okay. stole my line. Okay, never mind. Fair I'm enough. Perfect. Fair enough. Uh, I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have gone there, but I respect you for staying loyal. Have to. All right. Last one, right? Last one is a lesser known film that people should seek out. Yes. Um, I'm going to give you two. An older one, Dead and Buried, 1981. Right. Which you, uh, which came up in your, in your interview with your, the, the, the puppet. You recommend the puppet watch that. Yeah. Uh, me and the puppet watch that one. Um, that is a movie I love. It is like a Twilight. It is like a really messed up Twilight Zone episode. But I'm surprised more people don't love it. It's got Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka. It's uh, it's a slow build. 
it's atmospheric. It's it's the type of movie that you watch and you go, oh, that's not made anymore. Uh, and I kind of wish it was because it's it is it is weird. It's got a great reveal. It's, um, I love I the Twilight it. Zone reference. I think if anything, hopefully Jordan Peele has made everyone aware that Twilight Zone, that Twilight Zone vibe works. Yeah. Yeah, I just watched that movie Cobweb. It like went straight. It was like in theaters for like a, a day, but it like came out in the summer instead of in October. But it's like it was great, and it's there's something about a Twilight Zone type movie where you're watching it wrong if you're trying to like understand the reality. It's it's a feeling. It is like this town doesn't totally make sense, but that's the point. It's off kilter, and like if you can watch it from that angle, there's a lot of charm to be had. Um, and then the newer one I was going to say is Spontaneous, 2020. Uh, Brian Duffield. Brian made a movie uh, called uh, No One Will Save You that just came out on Hulu. But his first movie is called Spontaneous. And uh, it's one of the few movies that I have watched multiple days in a row when I first saw it because I, I like adored it. Um, so I can't recommend it enough. Fantastic. And should I check out Cobweb? I, I hadn't heard of Cobweb. Yeah, watch Cobweb too. It is, it's weird. It's a weird, weird movie. It just came out. It's, I, I wish it came out in theaters right now in October. I think it would have really found an audience. But I think if you watch it from that lens of like, I'm not trying to, nothing in this makes sense, but like, I'm going to go for the ride. <laughs> like that's, it's got a nice little, little Halloween vibe. My favorite, one of my favorite movie quotes is from, uh, uh, Oh my God. Home of the Brave, Land of the Brave, Home of the Brave, where Bill Murray is playing Hunter S. Thompson. And I think in the first scene, he just pauses and he goes, It never got weird enough for me. Where, uh, where the Buffalo Room? Where the Buffalo Room? My God. I was, thank you. You're welcome. I just worked at the How do I get that wrong? I, I guess it was the where the. Yeah, that's where I'm, where that's what I'm here for. Though. Never got weird enough for me. Yeah. So there's, I've never seen a film and said, That's too weird. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same. If, if, if the, if you don't betray your own reality, then I'm on board for whatever. That's like saying I would have liked it, but it was too original. I'm like, yeah, yeah. God forbid something be original. Yeah. Whoops. Different. <laughs> Could I please see another one where superhero meets supervillain almost loses and then wins? Like, can we get that some more? Sometimes the supervillain even has a good point, And I find that so interesting. You just quoted me. By accident. Wow. You had a really good point. I think the, yeah, yeah, I think the end of, uh, yeah, Infinity War, that was, that was where it should have stopped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were all done. What a great ending, too. It's like, now every time I do it, I'm like, I'm like, you already did it, though. Wait, you have to wait a decade and then give me some more. I don't want, I'm good. I'm out. That was a happy ending. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, thank I'll get us out of here. Um, I already mentioned your website. It'll clickable link at thehappyghostproductions.com. People can get to everything related to Matt Catanzano right there. And I will get us out of here. This is the Discover Indie Film Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I always forget this part, but like and subscribe. Be nice. Maybe even write a review uh, yeah. on whatever podcatcher you're listening on. If you want to learn more about this podcast or the TV series born from it, go to discoverindiefilm.com. On social media, it's always at DIF Wins. That TV series I mentioned, just go to Amazon Prime Video and type in Discover Indie Film and pay a couple dollars to support indie films. That's Those are all shorts handpicked from the festival circuit. Uh, I met Matt because his film Spirits, as I said at the top, was at Film Invasion Los Angeles in June of 2023, where it won the Audience Award for Best Horror. 
you want to learn more about that festival we hold every June, go to filminvasionla.com and it's at filminvasionla on social media. The sister festival we hold every November is Sherman Oaks Film Festival and that's shermanoaksff.com and at shermanoaksff on social media. And lastly, because I have no respect for my personal time, uh, I started a thing I just couldn't help it called TV High. If you go to watchtvhigh.com or if you go to the app store of roku amazon fire tv android tv apple tv iphone or android mobile just type in tvhi see what you get it's a it's a new streaming service it only costs 420 a month you get a free week trial or if you use the if you use the code stream 420 you get a free month to check shit out it's all great indie stuff uh also some classics like nosferatu and and uh Metropolis because I found out those were in public domain. So yeah. Dementia 13. People should check it out. All right. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening.